This is the Marketing Natives, providing actionable ways to grow, improve, and succeed in your business. And now, your hosts, Christian and Aaron. Hey guys, happy Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. This is a very special podcast episode. We've never done anything like this. We've interviewed people and we've talked to people on the podcast, but we've never had somebody who was not necessarily a business owner or fall into it or we do a tech tip or anything like that. This is just a really cool, unique conversation um, that all happened through social media to where we're at now. So we just kind of want to expand on that a little bit and also talk about the power of social media. So we have Zane here and um, I won't do too much of an intro. I think we're going to talk a lot about him, but Zane, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, you guys. Awesome. So I think that I'll throw this over to you. So how did just trying to explain to everybody how we all met? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think and I could be wrong. So correct me uh, if I'm off. But, um, you know, I was in Seattle at the time and I was listening to, I think, the Rick Mulready podcast and he was talking about Facebook ads and I was learning a, a number of different things. And uh, in one of the episodes, I think it was you, Aaron, that that he actually interviewed, uh, if I recall. I did not. Uh, okay. I didn't know how you actually found us. I thought it was just through Instagram randomly on like something we liked on Gary Vee. So I did not know it was from Rick's podcast. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I saw, I heard you on the, uh, on the podcast and, and he mentioned that the company's in Dallas and I was on my way back to Dallas around the same time I discovered that episode. And so that's when I looked up bit branding. I looked you up and I think I started a, a conversation with you in the DMS and we just kind of went from there. Wow. Okay. I do not. I'm glad you have a much better memory than I do because, um, wow, that's okay. That's crazy. I'm still trying to think about that because I thought we were just like on a random post or something like that. And it's like, oh, you know how you follow somebody like, oh, they got good posts or good content. They align with the same views. So we ended up following each other that way. But Mm -hmm. okay. And that was how long ago? Probably a year ago. Yeah, I'd say it was probably late 2018, uh, probably like November 2018. When I think it was just when I decided that, hey, in early 2019, I'm going to move back to Dallas, my hometown, after a few years. Um, and I think it all happened around then. Very cool. That's awesome. I think that single interview with Rick has opened a door for us to meet people like you, to do business with, with other companies. And, um, it's just been amazing. The power of just one single interview, um, on a podcast, what, what it can do. So hopefully, I mean, you're on this podcast. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Right? <laughs> yeah. We're going to blow up. But yes, uh, we, we, uh, we have a few less subscribers. I'm guessing nobody really knows how many subscribers they have, but I'm guessing we have a few less subscribers than Rick Mullerty, but <laughs> shout out to Rick. We'll definitely link him up here. He's, uh, amazing guy and okay and then you even reached out so we actually finally met almost a month ago at this point yeah it sounds about right okay and kind of a unique experience there too because just hey we met on instagram and then finally you know because you were about to move and we will get back to like why you're moving in a second but you're about to move and you're like hey let's just meet up you know and to me i don't think i've ever really other than like for our show or anything like that, I've never really met up with anybody from mm. social media, just, you know, from a year at this point, we've just talking and it's like, Oh, we're taking the online conversation to offline and, and meeting up with somebody. So it was super cool. I mean, it's definitely been obviously business owners because we reach out to do our tip for tip show mm-hmm. uh, right. that we do on Facebook and YouTube. Um, but yeah, this is definitely something unique that, um, I mean, we're grateful for it's, it's awesome, yeah, you know, getting to know you, um, and, and, and knowing your journey and your experience, um, and everything that you've done in social media, 
which may not seem big to a lot of people, but it's just crazy. Your, your story is like pretty crazy. Um, and you recently actually posted everything on a on a link on a not link on a blog sort of article on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, where you sort of detail everything and how it happened, and it's just completely fascinating. Um, so you went from Seattle back to Dallas. Um, now tell us how you got to, I guess, meet Gary V or how, how did that happen? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And thank you, by the way, for reading the LinkedIn article. That was <laughs> fun to write. Um, yeah, so just a little bit backstory. I'll, I'll go back a few steps if that's cool, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of context there that I think ultimately connects to everything. So, um, you know, uh, real quick, when I... Uh, so I was originally living in Seattle in uh, 2015 to 2016. I was working at Amazon at the time in recruiting, and I got a really cool opportunity to move to Cleveland, Ohio with Amazon um, uh, about in mid-2016. So I took the opportunity, moved to Cleveland um, as an HR business partner, was doing stuff for Amazon there, Amazon's first site there in Cleveland. And um, towards my uh, towards my tenure there in, in Cleveland at Amazon, I just realized that, that, which was my last year at Amazon, I was just really unhappy. And that's not a diss on Amazon. I think Amazon's a great company company. Mm-hmm. It just, the work I was doing at the time just didn't align with what I wanted to be doing, I guess. And so I was burnt out. I just wasn't eating well. I just wasn't happy. And so ultimately I left Amazon with nothing lined up, uh, in, in late 2017. And the next morning, I think it was October 13, 2017, I woke up, drove six hours North to Toronto, Canada. What? And cause I was like, I need to do something. I've got freedom. I don't have a job lined up. Like I need to be doing something. So I just remember waking up driving six hours north uh, to Toronto, Canada, which was already kind of weird. And then there was a LinkedIn meetup happening in Toronto, Canada that day. And until then, I'd really, I had not really used LinkedIn. I'd connect with a few people, follow a lot of people that were doing it well. But, and I just made one post maybe, and that was my final day at Amazon. I just kind of made a thank you post for Amazon, but that was it. And so I went to this LinkedIn meetup. I wasn't sure what they think about me coming six hours for like a small two-hour meetup, mm-hmm. but I went there. And when they found out that I would drove in from Cleveland, Ohio, they freaked out. Like people <laughs> were coming to me. They were taking photos. And I was meeting all these really cool people. And uh, one of the people I met, Manu, uh, he goes by Swift. He, he's a, a really cool young entrepreneur that's just killing it right now. Uh, he told me, he's like, dude, you're really articulate. Like, he's like, you're really good. He's like, when I talk to you, I feel like you, you're you really like deep diving a lot. He's like, you should just write on LinkedIn. He's like, I think if you wrote, you'd be really good. And I'd already written, you know, the day before my last day at Amazon. So I just kept writing and documenting my unemployment journey for the next three weeks. And just like talking about what I was looking for, my interviews, how they're going, what I value. Um, and it was all focused on positivity. And uh, three weeks later, I got a really cool gig back in Seattle. It's for a small um, company called Geocaching HQ. So 80 employees versus like 500,000. Right. Um, and I moved back to Seattle. And um, and this is kind of where Gary Vee came in. So towards like the end of my Amazon career, I, I discovered some Gary Vee videos, but I wasn't super into his community yet. I just watched a few random videos. And then I took a five-day road trip because I was moving back to Seattle. So from Cleveland, Ohio to Seattle, Washington, I took a five-day solo road trip moving back. And in those five days, I started listening to Gary a lot. The keynotes, Ask Gary V, all these other things. And by the end of the five days, I realized, wow, like I've listened to mostly just Gary V in a five day road trip. I really like this guy. I'm hooked. And so that's kind of how I really got into him at first. And so when I was back in, in Seattle, I was in this new job at Geocaching. It's going really well. The work life balance is really good. Um, I was in this Facebook community. It was a brand new Facebook community called First in Line uh, for Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so it was brand new at the time. I think I was one of the first thousand people in there. And um, 
and you know, I was just really engaged. There was something about the group, the activity, the the support, the positivity in the group that made me go on there all the time. So whenever someone would post a po uh, post something, I'd be the first one in there. If someone asked a question, I'd throw in my two cents. I was just in there engaging with everyone. And early August of last year, uh, Team Gary Vee made a post on there like, hey, we're looking for a team of four moderators to help us run this group and maintain its positive vibes. Um, please apply. And I knew there were thousands of people that were really interested. And I knew that my, my you know, I probably wasn't going to have a shot, but I said, why not? I have to go for it. And so I just submitted a, you know, a quick write up about why I think I'd be a good moderator, forgot about it, didn't think much of it. And I think it was the day after my birthday. It was like August 23rd or 24th. Uh, I got a cool mes message from May on, on Team Gary V saying, hey, congrats, you're a moderator. And that was really cool. That's kind of how I got started in community management. Um, and yeah, that's how I kind of got into the, the community more. And so for the next year, I did uh, moderator work just on the sides, one, two hours every night, uh, took 6.30 a.m. meetings every other Saturday. Like I was just really getting engrossed in the community, thinking about strategy, just finding ways to engage more people and bring the most value to them. Uh, and then sure enough, like you mentioned, um, you know, was, I was in Seattle, things were going well, but I just wanted to move back to Dallas. Like something about me was like, I just need to be there, whether it was the guilt of being away from family for five years, or I just wanted better Tex-Mex food, I don't know, but somebody <laughs> yeah. was like, you gotta move back. And so I made the difficult decision, moved back to Dallas. I actually came back just this past March, March 2nd, and literally the day I landed, I saw that Gary V uh, was gonna be speaking here in Dallas on March 22nd for a real estate like wholesaling event. He had a uh, keynote in that uh, three-day event. So I'm like, I have to go. And so that's kind of how the quick journey of like making it back to Dallas, how I got involved in Gary's community. And even when I saw Gary was gonna speak at this real estate wholesaling event in Dallas, I looked up the tickets and it was like a three day event for real estate, you know, Gary was a part of that. And um, it was, you know, it was a lot of money to attend. And so I reached out to Team Gary V, the people I've been supporting as a moderator for the group. And I'm like, hey, here's this thing, it's happening near me, can you guys do something? Like I'll sit in the, you know, any, I'll sit in a closet if I can hear it, like I just wanna be there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, and they gave me a free ticket to the event since I, they knew me I'd been supporting the group. And so I got a free ticket awesome. to the event and then I was nice. like off to the races. That's yeah. really cool. It was, and that was the very first time you've ever met Gary in person. Yeah. Or seen him talk in person, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously I've been engaging with Team Gary V a lot through the first in line group, supporting them, being in a few chats with them. But this was my first time that I was gonna see Gary in person. Person. And really, to be honest, like my goal going into this event to see Gary was one, th well, really two things. One, to see Gary, obviously, and two, just to get a selfie and in that quick conversation with him, just thank him for like making me a better person. Because, you know, through really getting into Gary's community, I feel like I've just changed my perspective in a better way. I've become just a nicer person. Like things have just really changed for me in a good way. And so I just want to thank him, like verbally thank him and get a selfie. You know, like that's it. That's success. Right. And so that was like my goal thinking going into this. Um, this wholesaling event that Gary was going to speak at. But that's not what happened. Did yeah. that happen? And I mean, I guess something else happened along exactly. with that, right? So, <laughs> so I can touch on that. So, so you know, uh, I think it was uh, March 22nd, whatever that Friday is. And mm. I woke up, I woke up at 7 a.m. I'm excited. Like, yo, I get to see Gary V today. Like, this <laughs> right. is going to be a great day. And so, um, so I go to the event and keep, and really quickly, the event was a wholesaling real estate event. And I wasn't sure what the dress code was. 
I should have probably looked it up, but I went there, you know, torn jeans, white V-neck with a coffee <laughs> oh, stain on it, a really tight blue hoodie I should not be rocking. And uh, <laughs> I just like rolled up to the event. I expected everyone would dress like, you know, they were drug dealers. And I went to this event and everyone was dressed up really nicely. Like I had suits on, they had dress shirts, you know, like buttoned down. And I could not have looked more out of place. So that, oh, that's just gosh. how this event started. So I got wow. there at like 8 a.m. I didn't know when Gary was going to speak. I hadn't seen the agenda. So I got, I got there. I saw the agenda. Gary's not going on until 3 p.m. So I've got the full day. And so I'm like, well, since I'm already here, might as well just engage with people, go to these like wholesaling events, like learn what it is and um, and just see what it's about. And so uh, and so I got to the event. I got registered. You know, I was I had the, the, the ticket uh, and it was a really good ticket, by the way. I was in like the front uh, front tables where the stage was. So that was really cool. So Team Gary V really hooked it up. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because I got to my table there, the the I guess the VIP table, whatever you want to call it, and I sat down and everyone there like really meant business. Like these guys were like in the industry. And I sat down, they're like, cool, like what kind of wholesaling or, you know, what kind of neighborhoods or apartments are you selling? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm renting an apartment in Saxe. Like I don't know anything about real estate. <laughs> uh, so everyone's just looking at this, this me, like this weird hoodie guy. Anyways, the, the event was good. I had a lot of fun um, just attending different sessions, just networking with different people. And uh, it was about 1130 when I, I met a new friend there. Her name's Kim. And she was kind of like me. She didn't know anything about wholesaling or real estate. She was just there to see Gary talk. So we instantly hit it off. And we're just in the lobby of this, this hotel where the event's being held. And we're talking. It's like noon. And we're just talking in the hotel lobby. I'm looking down at my phone when I, when I hear Kim audibly gasp. Like she's like, <gasps> like she like <laughs> something was wrong. So I look up and right in front of us, Gary had just walked in the hotel. There's no one near him. Like he's just walking and he's on the phone. And so I'm freaking out and I'm looking at Gary. <laughs> Gary's looking at me and I'm pointing at my Gary V shoes that I had on the ones I have on right now, the dark cloud shoes. And I'm like pointing at them like, Gary, 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 I've got your shoes. I just kept saying that out loud. And he like looked at me, which is just insane looking back. I had like nothing prepared. And Please, just, look at my shoes. Yeah, look at my shoes. Look at my shoes. Like, I don't know what I expected, but he went above and beyond. He looked at me and Kim because we were freaking out. Like I think Kim was crying and I was like pointing at my shoes. And we were like just going nuts. And the hotel lobby is like confused. And uh, Gary looked at us, pointed at us. And while he's on the phone and he signaled us to follow him. And so now Kim and I are like, you know, 10 steps behind Gary. We look like the world's worst bouncers and we're walking behind Gary and he goes to the ATM uh, at the hotel lobby, which the whole story sounds so made up. It sounds like a Mad Lib. And uh, and so we're talking to Gary at the ATM while he's withdrawing cash. And um, I was so nervous and I was just so starstruck that uh, when it was my turn, when I got my one minute with Gary, I meant to say, like, thank you for this and that. Like, I meant to, like, tell him everything. It just came out a hot mess. It was just like, hey, Gary, uh, I love the shoes and thanks, man. Like, it was like, like he's like, okay. Full uh, yeah. But I got a selfie and that's it. I thanked him. I got a selfie. That was, that was the mission of today. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I did that before he even went on stage, like three hours before his keynote. Yeah. Dude, I won. I was like so happy. And like, and then of course he had to run off. And so, you know, the energy of that conversation, that two minute interaction where I completely I don't know what I said. Um, that carried me throughout the keynote, right? I was at like a, you know, 15 out of 10 all day. And so, you know, 3 p.m. rolls around. I'm sitting at the table right next to the stage. Gary comes on. Everyone's freaking out. And, and Gary, just like he um, does a lot, he, uh, he comes to the stage and he confirms that most of this is going to be uh, a Q&A, which is my favorite. Right. And so as soon as he says that, I look back and there's two uh, standing mics positioned in this conference hall. So I make a run for one of them. Now I'm like six people behind one of them. And I'm like, well, there's 50 minutes. I know I'm going to get a shot. And I've got this notebook that they give you at the conference and a pen. 
And so I'm waiting in line and he's like answering all these questions, you know, there's two mics, they're going back and forth. And as I'm waiting in line, I'm like, what am I going to say? Like, I still don't know what I'm saying. And I'm just jotting down everything excitedly on this notepad, like <laughs> everything that I've done in my life in the last two years thanks to Gary, like just because he gave me permission through his content. And I'm just writing and scribbling and I'm excited, but I'm nervous because I don't know what I'm going to say. And what if I go up there and do the same thing I did earlier? Like, who knows? <laughs> right. And so finally, it's my turn, right? So I'm walking up to the mic. There's a white spotlight shining on my face. So Gary looks, looks like a silhouette in the distance. And um, as soon as I get to the microphone, Gary remembers me from the lobby. He's like, hey, like, it was really cool seeing you or cool hanging out with you earlier. And that got me like, like 15 <laughs> to 20 out of 10. I was like, yo, he remembers me? Like, like, wow. And so I was super excited. And I just started talking. Like, I didn't really have much prepared, to be honest. I just started talking about you know, everything. So, uh, and I'm really hope that the full, by the way, I really hope the full conference video is somewhere and it comes out. Cause I really want to see what ultimately happened. Cause not all of it, I don't have the full, you, you blacked out, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't remember everything, but I do remember going up there and I'm like, Hey Gary, just again, I'm Zane. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a, a first in line moderator. So I get to work with your team on some really cool projects. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan. I've got all your shoes, your books. I even have an empathy wines subscription. I don't even drink wine. And I feel like I do all this cause I feel like, uh, I feel like I do all this cause I owe you for just making me not just a better business and marketing person, uh, but just making me a better human being. And then he jumped in and he started talking about that a little bit more like, and I, I don't remember all of it, of course, but I think at one point he's like, you don't owe me anything. Like you just took my thing and you executed on it. Like he was, you know, talking about that. And then I jumped in and I continued and I was like, you know, Gary, thanks to you, uh, I was able to leave a job uh, I was absolutely miserable at in Cleveland. Uh, I started posting on LinkedIn every day because you told me to. And then three weeks later, I got a job that I liked. And in Seattle, I moved, uh, when I moved back to Seattle, I moved in with five roommates and a hamster versus living with one other roommate because it saved me money and you told me I should do that. Mm -hmm. And it was the best thing financially that I've ever done for myself. And he loved that last part, I think. He's like, five roommates, this is cool. So he's, he jumped on that part and they you know, talked about scaling back your lifestyle so you could save money and do what you love. Mm -hmm. And so we were going back and forth. It was like feeling really good. I'm like, yo, he's into this. I'm definitely into this. And so at the very end, after he talked about that last part, and this is the thing that's like recorded online that I've shared. It's on the LinkedIn article. Um, at the end of uh, when he got done talking, that's when I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take my shot and see what happens. And so then it was my turn. And I jumped in. And I said, you know, Gary, uh, my question for you is my dream, like my ultimate dream is to be on Team Gary V doing community management. And then he jumped in. He's like, can you move to New York? And I said, yeah. And he's like, cool, let's do it. And I couldn't believe it. Like the place, first of all, the wow. place went wild. Some guy threw a chair in the air. Like people are freaking out. What? There's some there's a random guy crying. I'm freaking out. And I don't know how to like control myself because I just moved to Dallas two weeks ago to be back with the family. And now I get to go to New York for my dream job with Team Gary V. Like, so mm -hmm. I'm freaking out. And then Gary calls me on stage and there's a bell next to uh, him on stage where these wholesaling real estate people have been ringing the bell every time they make a deal. So I'm walking up on, I'm running to the stage and he's like, ring the bell. And I'm like, ringing the bell. People are going crazy. It was like the most insane moment of my life. And, uh, and you know, I, I shook his hand up there and he's like, cool, you got the job. Just email me, we'll make it happen. And sure enough, uh, so first of all, I was like, 
oh my God. So I was like freaking out all day. That night I got home. Uh, I called my parents. They're freaking out because they love Gary Vee. So things are going really well. And sure enough, that night, I think it was like 11 p.m., I uh, emailed Gary like, hey, here's my photo with you and me, the selfie. Thanks again. Uh, I'm that guy that you gave the job to. And like <laughs> that next morning, uh, Tyler, his assistant, got back to me right away. And, and you know, he had two people on the, the email. And, and I had two phone calls that next week with uh, Justin and Andy on the team. And uh, it wasn't like I thought it would be more like an interview of kind of what, you know, like an interview to get the job. And it was mm-hmm. more like, you've got the job. We just want to learn more about you. So we have context. And also, cause you just moved back to Dallas. When can you get here? And the team was super nice. You know, I told them I just moved back after five years. I'd like some time with my family since I'm back here now. And they're like, cool. Like if you want to just come in the fall or whenever is good for you, you just let us know. We'll do it. <laughs> wow. And uh, like Andy was like, if you want to do like October, like cool, like, like whatever's good for you, I'm flexible. And so, you know, we agreed on August 19th. So that's when I'm starting there in just a few weeks. That wow. is yeah. amazing. Dude. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Like I still like just telling you guys a story, writing the articles, like just it's insane because it all happened in March and I've had a lot of time to like accept it and like think about it, but it still feels it. unreal. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to completely feel unreal until I'm there on August 19th, like my first day. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so I'm super excited. And obviously, and, and, you know, since the team gave me five, six months to really spend time here with the family, um, I, you know, I talked to the team and I said, it'd be really cool if I could have some extra projects on top of the moderation stuff I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So that way, when I get there uh, mid-August, I'm ready to go. There's not a lot of onboarding. I'm just like, you guys give me my laptop and we get to work. Uh, and so I've taken on a few other really cool projects with their Instagram uh, profiles, like the Lil V account, the Gary V gang account, just a few other accounts um, that I'm working on right now. So I'm really enjoying that process as well. That's really, really cool. <laughs> I do want to go back a little bit yeah, because I'm really curious on either your thought process or your decision-making process when it comes to doing something like out of the blue, quitting your job in Chicago because you were miserable and you had nothing lined up from like how, why, I don't know. That's just insane to me. Yeah, you know what, and it's insane to me too, because I just know I'm wired really weird. I don't think it's a good thing, by the way. Like, I wish I could like <laughs> play it safe. Like, I wish I had more patience, um, and I need to work on that. Um, man, it's crazy. You know, for me, so going back a little bit, this is more context I think will help. Mm-hmm. Like in Cleveland at the time when I was there, and I had this job, and I just wasn't fully happy, and it was really bringing me down. And again, I really want to emphasize, I'm not hating on Amazon. I think Amazon's a really good company. Um, it just wasn't what I wanted to do at the time, but I was. I realized a few things. One, I, I kept telling, asking myself, like, why am I still doing this job if I'm not happy? Like, if I'm so miserable, I should be able to leave. And I ultimately realized, and it's easy to say it now, but in the moment, I was just so stuck in my head. I felt stuck because I didn't want other people to think, hey, he failed out of Amazon. Like, he couldn't handle the pressure, mm-hmm. you know, because in college um, here at UT Dallas, where I graduated from, I had really bad grades. Like, I was failing classes. I, you know, I was like a C minus student. Like, I was just barely getting by, but I was super into extracurricular stuff. So, a lot of people on campus knew me. And they were like, Your grades are bad. So, no matter how good you are in other things, you're never going to get a good job. And then I got the job after school with Amazon. I was like, Haha, showed you. Right. So, that was like this weird thing I had. And so, my fear was, Wow, like, what are all those people back in Dallas or back in the, you know, hometown going to think of me? And, um, and also what are my parents going to think of me? My parents mm-hmm. are so proud of me. Like, wow, like our son, like he's doing this now. Like he's working at a really cool company. He's at 25. He's, you know, responsible for like 1600 people. That's something really cool that not a lot of people can say, what are they going to think? 
And one, you know, the funniest thing was I called my dad shortly before like giving my notice and he's like an immigrant dad, you know, and I, and he sacrificed so much. And so I was like, he's not, he's going to be like, dude, like stick it out. Oh, just some real quick context. If I waited six more months, this was the big crux of my thing. If I waited six more months at Amazon, I would have gotten a 50 K bonus. So let's just like overnight, like, let's just put that out there. Like stocks, like RSUs, I had 50 K, uh, RSUs valued at 50 K. Now they're worth like 70. I don't know. They're worth more. Um, kicking in in six months. So that was the other thing. I was like, man, if I made six months, I get 50K minimum. Like, ah, like, you know, even now, that's a lot of money at 20, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Like 50 extra K overnight. I mean, that's a lot. So, so that was the big thing. I was like, man, like, my friends are going to think I'm a loser if I leave and I'm going to miss out on $50,000 and my parents are going to be disappointed. This does not seem like a good trade off. But on the other hand, I'm so miserable. Like, the most, and I don't say lightly, but I was depressed. Like, I really mean that. Um, and I called him my dad, right? So the day before I uh, put in my notice, and I thought my dad was gonna convince me to stay for six months so we could win 50, like we could get 50 grand. <laughs> but dude, he was the opposite. He's like, you have to leave. And I was like, what oh, do you wow. mean? He's like, you have to leave, like you're unhappy. Like why would you not, like why is this even a question? And I, and I was so confused, I was wow. startled. I was so shocked by that. because. Yeah. You know, I know my dad and he's, you know, he's had to put in the work and, and he sacrificed so much to get to this country and, and set up a, a lifestyle for me and my sister. So I was shocked by that. And he's like, dude, like I've sacrificed so much. And he's like, you're a hard worker. He's like, you can't, you know, you can't, these next six months are going to be so miserable. The 50 K is not going to be worth it. He's like, he's like, you're good enough that by the time you're 40 or 50 or 60, you can start a company and you'll make that 50 K. Like you're going to be okay. He's like, if you're that miserable, just leave. And like, even if and he's like, worst case scenario, he's like, worst case scenario, if you don't find a job, which he's like, you're definitely going to find a job given where you are at Amazon. But if you don't find a job, just drive back to Dallas and sleep on my couch for like two weeks. He's like, you'll be fine. Like we'll make this work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize at the time, but that conversation was the the push I needed to make the leap. Right. Right. And that, I didn't know I needed my parents' permission, but as soon as I got that, that confirmation, literally the next, I slept so well that night. And the next morning I woke up and called my uh, my boss and I was like, Hey, I have to leave. I'm just not happy. And so that was, that's kind of what pushed me. Uh, and, And by the way, when I left Amazon, no one cared. Like no one was like, you're a loser. Like, in fact, people are like, wow, like, I'm excited to see what you do. Like, this right. is exciting. Like, why'd you leave? Um, yeah. And so it's crazy. I was so stuck in my own head based on what people were going to think based on that 50 K based on what my parents were going to think. And really, I just needed that confirmation from them and just hearing it from someone else's perspective that it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And that just, it was so easy after that. Wow. Makes for, it makes for a much cooler story because, yeah, you, I don't think that we've, we've had this conversation yeah. a little bit offline, but you didn't mention that little part, and that's the $50,000 for six months. I'm like, oh, dang, that's Yeah, a- I don't know what they're worth now even. Like, at the time, they are 50K, and, I, and the stocks have gone up significantly since. So, right. you know, I'm not going to sit around and dwell and do the math, but it, it's more than 50K now for sure. Well, to look on it on the other side, you're like, look, I'm going about to go do my dream job. Plus, it just makes for an interesting uh, another yeah. LinkedIn article of <laughs> how interesting right. it was to get there. I might there. have to draft up something, actually. Um, yeah, but it was, you know, it's so funny looking back. It, it was such a clear, easy decision for me, like mm-hmm. in my head. Like, obviously, if I'm stuck in that position now, I know the decision. But that was the first time in my life I'd ever been in a position like this where I had so much at stake you know, if I were to stay and leave. Like, there were so many different variables. So it was a really tough decision at the time. I think there's a lot of underlying things within this, so which is mm-hmm. like, okay, you you left Amazon at 25? I want to say 25, yeah. Okay. So I think that's, you know, for all the people who are listening, and it doesn't matter he was 25, obviously that's very young, but I think what's good about this or what's good to hear is that like taking that leap and doing something that 
you know, seems risky at the time is usually the thing that on the other side of it is we're like, wow, if I would have just stayed over there, who knows? Like yeah. you'd probably still be at Amazon. You probably still be miserable or not happy. And just by doing that and two years later, you're well, how many years, two years later? You, yeah, later? it's about two, two and a half years later. Okay. And two and a half years later, you're doing something that you're, I mean, you haven't even started yet, but you're already <laughs> like anticipating it's going to be the best job in ever. Dude, can I tell you one more thing? Like, and I was just talking to my friend last night. I didn't realize this, but like one thing that I've been talking to my friends about, cause a lot of my friends here in Dallas that I've been hanging out with, they're moving up and up and up in their bigger companies, mm-hmm. but they're miserable. A lot of them, not all the ones that aren't, I'm so happy for, but there's a lot, like <laughs> yeah. I'd say the vast majority that just are really unhappy. And I think one thing that in talking with my friends and other people on LinkedIn to just strangers is that they feel like there's no oper- there's no option, but to go up. And I remind people, you can always go that like, you can take a step back if you need to, mm-hmm. you know, like, if, if, you know, when I was in Amazon, uh, I was an HR business partner my last year there. So my next job at geocaching, when I left Amazon, I took an HR generalist role. I took a step back in that HR hierarchy so I could have more time. And I could really just focus, like the HR generalist role was more interpersonal. I got to really just work with the employees, which I liked. And so I took that job and it was less pay, but it just made me happier. Mm-hmm. And now at 27, turning 28 soon, I'm moving to New York City as an intern. Mm-hmm for Gary like I've I've gone back from HR business partner technically and I know it's not going back like but you know what I mean like my title's gone to intern and I've never been more excited for anything <laughs> in my life like I'm, I'm seriously like I'm so 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 happy and and some people that don't get the Gary V or the team Gary V thing they're like they only see the intern like you're gonna be an intern though I'm like yeah and I'm so excited to learn and network and do the things that I love mm-hmm. and so you know, again, it's easy for me to say that now, but I empathize because I've been in that situation where, you know, I was depressed, but I didn't see a way out. Uh, I just remind my friends that, you know, if you're unhappy, if you're not doing well in a job, there's always ways out, whether it's go to another place, but also even in your current company, it's okay to take a step back if that's allowed, because that might be the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you said that your dream job was to work with Gary V. Obviously, you know, a few years back, Gary V wasn't even in your radar. Um, what has been or what would be your dream job back then? Um, and I, I think you mentioned owning your business at some point when you mm-hmm. were talking. Um, is that also a goal of yours? Yeah, it's a good question. So look, at the time, it's funny. I felt like at the time when I entered Amazon, um, so you know, I got the job right after I graduated. I had like 100 companies reject me. And then just real quick, the way I got my job at Amazon too, because I definitely didn't have the grades for it because you know I was part of their, their – I applied to be – I applied to be part of their like HR just graduate program, like people had just graduated college mm-hmm. and I didn't have any HR background. My grades weren't good, but I had a lot of extracurricular stuff that I knew were transferable. Like if I'm like, if I know I get on the phone with a recruiter, I'm set. And I saw one of my friends from UT Dallas was working at Amazon as an engineer. So that's how I got, I sent him my resume and he gave it to the recruiter. Gotcha. So that's how I got in, moved to mm-hmm. California and started my career with Amazon in California and then moved to Seattle and, and Cleveland. Um, and so at the time when I joined Amazon, my goal originally was to keep moving up. Like there was no like, hey, there honestly like at Amazon, I never even saw myself leaving Amazon. I was like, I'm a lifer. Like I'm gonna be here for the next, you know, till I'm old and retired. Mm-hmm. You know, with my stocks, I'll buy a big boat. Like I'm like I'm out. <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here forever. And I didn't have like a goal or even like a, a job title in mind, anything like that. It was just more like keep staying at Amazon, keep working hard, and keep moving up that corporate ladder and see how far that takes you. Um, which is funny to look look back on now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
So looking at this now, you're obviously going to be an intern with Gary Vee, and this is we're recording this, and obviously this is not going to come out before you go there, so it'd be funny to get some context <laughs> afterwards. But we're recording this. What is this? August third. So you got about ten days till you move. Yeah. What is and after you know being an intern, it's it's a kind of a temporary issue or time period, right? So they're going to do a trial with you. And then at that point you may become, you know, something bigger than what you want to be. Or do you have an idea of like, Hey, if, if this goes really well and I get the job secured, I want to be doing this on the team. Or do you have anything above that? Yeah, that's a great question. It, and yeah, so, you know, it's a six month residency is what they call it. It's an internship um, that I'm super excited for. I'm grateful for it. Um, I'll be a resident on team Gary V's community management team. So it's okay. a team that works with influencers it's team that uh, does content management, community management f- across all platforms. Um, so I'm going to be learning a lot, networking a lot. And, you know, look at the end of, you know, regardless. So at the end of the six months, you know, if it works out and I get a really uh, cool opportunity to stay on there longer, great. I'm super excited. And hopefully that will be something in the community management space. Um, you know, obviously I'm very biased. I love the fa- first line Facebook group. So I'd love to do a few more things on there, mm-hmm. uh, managing a few uh, Instagram accounts. And also like as I'm talking out loud, one thing I want to at least shadow and get to more on is um, really get to know the influencer space. Like how are we reaching out to influencers? How are we selecting which influencers we're reaching out to? Um, what kind of talks are happening there? Like I'm really fascinated by that space. So that's something I'm definitely going to um, ask to be a part of more or at least shadow. Um, and that's what I'm curious about. And, uh, you know, at the end of the six months of, let's say there's not an opportunity at Team Gary Vee or at Vayner, um, you know, I'm still gonna be super grateful for the opportunity. And then it's, then it's like a, a you know, a blank slate. And then mm-hmm. I've, at that point, you know, I'm really, I'm really, really, really into the esports scene. I'm super into gaming. Like that's my, that's my thing. That's always kind of been a thing. And so maybe that's something I could look at. Um, you know, we'll see, that'll be, that'll be open. But right now it's just, I've got my eyes set on, on this opportunity. I just want to take full advantage of it. Um, not even think of anything else and then kind of see if I do have a, a spot to stay on. If not, cool. Like, you know, that'll, I'll still be super grateful. I'll learn a lot and then we'll just kind of go from there. Right. And you also have the connections as well, oh, too. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's, you're going in there and people are like, well, dang, why would he do this huge life change? But it's like people don't realize that Man. just the connections of in, being in that world one person could absolutely change your life. You're like, okay, I got, an, I work Gary V and then six months yeah. later, I got an offer from some hedge fund guy to do some esports in New York and yeah. you just never know. Well, yeah, man. And, and you know, that's the other crazy thing is like, I've been following team Gary V like the people in team Gary V for at least the last two, two and a half years, like engaging with them on social. And to me, they're like, you know, obviously they're super, super, super good at what they do. But they're celebrities to me, <laughs> right? Like in my eyes, they're, they're huge celebrities. And so the fact that I'm on like, group chats with them now and we're like working together on a few projects already like it feels so unreal because and they follow me on social some social media accounts now so that's kind of weird like it's uh it's just unreal to me that the people that i've looked up to from a distance for so 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 long are now like in like we're talking like we're engaging we're like having one-on-ones already and it's just um it's really cool and i'm super excited to connect and network with them awesome all right, so let's. Um, I don't know if we wanted to. I, we'll get into some fun questions we normally add po- ask podcast guests, unless there's anything else we wanted to cover with the Gary V. Do you have anything else, Christian? You want? I don't think so. I mean, my the other question that I have is, I think this one I wrote it in here, uh, and I, I mean, I don't know if you have something in place or not. Yeah. But for your personal social media efforts, I mean, you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I feel like you post regularly. I didn't, do you have some sort of strategy? Do you have a, a plan in place for that? Or is it just random and you just do it whenever you feel like it? That's a good question. So I'll say this. Um, 
it, it's not as strategic or laid out uh, as I'd like it to be. Uh, there's definitely opportunity there. You know, on, uh, on LinkedIn, um, now that, so, you know, a month ago, I left the job I had as a remote recruiter uh, when I came back to Dallas. So now I've got, for last month, it's been more open. And now that it's open, uh, I just feel comfortable posting a lot more on LinkedIn. I felt a little more limited there just because there were certain things I didn't couldn't say because mm-hmm. you know I didn't want the, the company to, like there was a lot of weird stuff there. So now that I'm free, it's open. It's easy to go back on LinkedIn and because that's my preferred platform. And uh, and with obviously working on Team Gary Vee, they're like super encouraging to get your brand out there. So yeah. uh, so yeah, that's why I'm going really hard on LinkedIn. Like po- at least posting every other day, like trying to get my brand out there more. Just talking about stuff I love. Um, and as far as Instagram goes, I post a lot in stories, but again, it's never like, it's never, um, intentional. I feel like it's more like in the moment, if I get a cool message or if I see something that, that piques my interest, I'll, I'll might share it or I might talk about it. And in terms of like posting in the feed, um, that's, that's kind of all over the place. You know, one day there might be one week where I post three times a week. The next week I might post once next week, I might post four times a week. So it's kind of all over, um, yeah, it's not as strategic. <laughs> and okay. Twitter is more like just engaging with people, just being part of the water cooler. Yeah, and I think that, you know, maybe by the end of August, maybe your Instagram will change. They're like, yeah. no, 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 don't worry. <laughs> You're going to have a strategy. You need to do something over here. Like, Yeah, you know. well, and, you know, to that point, like, I think that I'm going to be documenting a lot more, too. Like, so I really, really, uh, you know, want to document on LinkedIn and Instagram a lot because those are just platforms that are native for me to document on. Uh, and so I think, you know, in the next week, uh, as I'm spending kind of my last few days with the family here uh, and gearing, getting ready for New York, that's when I feel like I'm going to go really like document more on Instagram and LinkedIn because mm-hmm. the last few days have just been like spending time with the family and friends, pe- people I'm not going to see again for a few months. Um, yeah, so I think I, I think if you're on Instagram or LinkedIn, you'll be seeing a lot more from me. And I'm sure I'll have more of a strategy by that point. Right now, it's more like every once in a while when I get a chance when I'm not with the family, it's like, cool, I've got an hour. Let me just post something that that's on my mind. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. And amazing story. I still can't believe like how all that transpired and hope you guys got a lot out of that. We're going to um, kind of transition here to some fun questions. Oh, not these weren't fun questions, but some <laughs> some interesting questions. And I think they actually align with um, they align with a lot of what we've talked about already. So some of these questions may be very easy for you, Zane. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is a purchase of $100 or less that has positively impacted your life in the last six months? Oh man, um, hundred dollars or less. And, and the reason I'm struggling with this is I really don't buy anything. Like I'm like <laughs> the most frugal, like boring person you'll meet. It's like groceries. Um, man, you're killing me right now. Um, give me a sec. Oh, nah, I got AirPods. They're more than a hundred. Um, but not if you bought them on my Facebook marketplace, you get them. But oh, that's true, that's true, yeah. <laughs> no, I got them as an early birthday gift. Um, they're free, I guess. But, um, Man, I, I'm really struggling with this. Um, let's go back to it, if that's okay. cool. I'm sure I'll, I know I'll come up with something. Okay. Let's go to... Okay, Christian, I'll let you get this next one then, too. The... We'll go with that. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if it's a habit, per se, but... Well, one, it was, you know, I'd say working out. I mean, that's definitely a habit that I've gotten into. I wasn't working out ever at all um, when I left Dallas in uh, early 2014 after college. Um, Then I got into it. Really, California is what got me into it. One of my friends, Joe, I met there in California. He's this big buff guy, 18-inch arms, like just giant. (laughs) And we became really good friends, and he he got me in the gym. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's definitely helped me a lot. 
And so you, before before this guy, you'd never really like hit the gym or do anything like that. It's just like a complete shift that way. Yeah, or? like I've stepped in, you know, maybe a few times a year, like that kind of thing. I not consistent at all. Didn't have a game plan. Uh, but then when I met Joe in California, he he taught me everything, and and that's kind of how I started getting going. Cool. I have right. another fun question, actually. Okay. Why pugs? Oh man, let me tell you. I'm okay. so glad. Please so, give some context for the people that are yeah for the people that are listening. So there's really three things in my life I love more than anything. It's pizza, <laughs> it's pugs, it's video games. And so uh, the pugs is funny. So it was uh, so. Just FYI, I couldn't speak English like properly because I was I was born and raised in the U.S., but my parents would not let me speak English at home because like he has to learn the native language. He'll gotcha. eventually learn English, and so at home, my mom would just ignore me. But if I spoke in English, I'd only could speak in Urdu or Hindi. So I couldn't speak English fluently. I was in like these remedial English classes and learning English words. And I remember there was like this like book I read. I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. It was about pugs. I thought they just were sort of the cutest little things in the world. And I love that it was just an easy word to say. You know, because in English, in these remedial yeah. English classes, they're trying to teach you these big words sometimes, like, you know, like consequence. And I hated that word. But I was like, pug, like, that's my word. Like, it's easy. And uh, I think it was like eighth grade. Uh, I remember like every every kid in school wanted to be a president. Every kid in school wanted to be like, like something high up. And my teacher would ask me, she's like, what do you want one day? Like, what do you want to be? I was like, I just want to be a pug dad. And that was it. <laughs> oh, and that's it. Like, I just want, I have, like, really attainable goals. Okay. And uh, that was it from that moment on. Even now, like, you know, I move around so much. My life is all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing. But one day, <laughs> I'm going to have, like, one or two pugs for sure. Like, easy. That's, That's so awesome. Funny. Go check out, check out, definitely go check out his Instagram. You'll get more more context to the <laughs> pizza and pugs for sure. That's right. Okay, so we'll do. Uh, let me, okay, this is an, another easy one, or should it be be helpful anyway? What is your current? Assuming you watch Netflix, what's your current Netflix binge right now? Oh man, that's a good question. So I I'm one of those people that binges a show and then goes back to you know a, a sh- another show for uh, for a month that I've seen a million times, like The Office. Like I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show that I keep going back to right now between the shows I binge is Queer Eye. Like, I just can't like it's just Never such seen a it. oh you gotta watch it. it's such a like wholesome show um you know it's just it, you know it's these five guys or the fabulous five and they'll like make over different people that have unique challenges you know whether it's how they feel with their confidence or just other things and they'll completely change them in like the 40 minutes that you watch it's a very like wholesome show you can watch it with like you know whoever um it's really good i keep going back to it. it's like it just makes you like get the feels you know like yeah, you get yeah. really like emotional by the end of it it's really good That's is it awesome. like a like close to a reality show or is it like there's actual What's the, how does that work? Yeah, so so basically what they do is um, they'll have, so the Fabulous Five will get like a nomination to, to do a complete life makeover on someone and they'll go to that person and, you know, one person, one in each of the Fabulous Five people, like the five guys on the, on the team have their own like unique strengths. So like one will groom the person and teach them how to like make their hair and make their beard and um, skincare. Other one will teach them how to cook because a lot of them don't know how to cook. The other one will like dress them up and teach them how to wear fitted clothes properly. The other will like make over their house completely. So when they'll come back after three days, their house is completely changed. Like, um, and then the other ones like culture, like just teaches them based on their opportunities, like confidence or, you know, whatever they're struggling with. And so it's like, you know, they'll spend like four or five days with these people and completely change them. And it's just like fun to watch. And so it's like, I guess like reality in a way that is real people that they're like doing stuff on and it's just documented edited really well and the music and everything is perfect nice it's so like a, that show i think it was on tlc what not to wear oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah kind yeah. of but t- 
times 10 because yeah. you're doing every aspect of someone's everything. life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything. It's, and, and my favorite thing is real quick for the, for the record. My favorite thing is, uh, the guy Bobby on the team, he does all the interior decorations, like changes the house. And those are cool to watch. Like, I'm not even super into that kind of stuff, but every time I watch the show, I'm always blown away yeah. by <laughs> like, how, how is this possible. Yeah. Like it's like this little college dorm that's broken up and stuff. And he completely turns into like this, like five star hotel. Yeah. Like, it's insane. So wow. this is like extreme makeover for humans. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's Got really it. emotional. Like, get ready. If you're going to watch it, like, be ready to cry. <laughs> I'm not a crier in, like, half the episodes. I'm, like, shedding tears. This changed this guy's <laughs> yeah. life. It gets you. And, like, they play all this good music. And I'm like, ah, I wasn't crying before. But now it's hitting me. Like, <laughs> right. They get you. He's going to be able to go and marry somebody now. Or <laughs> yeah. Like, he just so proposed. Funny. Like, but why am I crying? Like, it's, it's so good. Uh, oh, I want to ask you about pizza, actually. Yes. Um, We're big pizza fans, by the way. Yeah. So I'm curious on yeah. your favorite pizza places around here man so i'll be you know to be completely transparent i haven't got a lot of pizza places in dallas um what? because i know i know but Shame. hear me out because i came <laughs> back and there were like no tex-mex places in seattle so i've been hitting up random tex-mex places gotcha. and like hole in the walls um i haven't done a lot of pizza to be honest um but yeah it's mostly been just tex-mex i didn't get that in Damn. seattle there was like two That's tex-mex true. places they just really weren't very good and they were super overpriced. So I'm like, I'm going to hit up these gas stations that have like, you know, a little taqueria in there. Like I've been mm-hmm. going to those a lot. So what's nice. the, uh, once you, I guess when you were coming back and you were like, yeah. you drove back from Seattle, right? No, I, I flew back to Seattle. Okay. Yeah. So you're on the flight and you're like, I can't wait to get to Dallas. My first Tex-Mex stop is, stop is going to be here. Where was it? Mm, um, this is going to sound so bad. Like if, if you're in Dallas, by the way, please don't like hurt me. It's <laughs> not, Cause I say it's not like authentic Tex-Mex. I was really, like in Seattle, for some reason, I was really missing Freebirds. And I know it's not Tex-Mex. I get it. I hear you. I know you guys are mad. <laughs> but um, I was just missing Tex-Mex. Or I was missing uh, Freebirds. I was missing, like, their queso and their burritos. Like, something about it. Came back the next day. I was at Freebirds. Like, ready to go. I was eating a monster burrito. Heck, yes. I love their cayenne pepper. So uh, good. Yes. I'm a fan of their uh, spinach one. Yes, uh, I get yeah. that as well. So good. Well, when you have options, why get the plain one when you can get the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go back to the $100 purchase or less that has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or recent memory. I mean, it doesn't have to be six months. We're not counting days. Mm. That's a good question, man. Um, Why am I so stuck on this? Don't worry. I don't think we've ever done an episode where somebody was not stuck on this question. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, again, it's like I buy groceries and then I don't buy anything for a very long time. I mean, I buy a video game every month. That's like it. That's like 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to go weird here. I, so in the last month, actually in the last two weeks, this, this new video game came out. I'm just going to put it out there because I think it's one of the best video games I've ever played. Wow. It's for That's... Them, like really good. I play a lot of video games and this one is like next level, like easily in the top like 10 that I've ever played in my life. Uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch, you should get Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, it's a really good game. It's like Harry Potter because there's like different houses and you choose one and that house you choose dictates the storyline you're going to experience and it's Hmm. really well done and each storyline takes like 70 hours to complete like it's long so if you finish one and it's like 70 to 80 hours you still have you still want to go back and see what the other stories were so you're spending like 200 250 hours easy on this game um oh my gosh and it's so well done i'm only like eight hours in but the reviews have been really stellar, and what I've seen so far in the eight hours have been just incredible. Like, the story's really good. The The gameplay feels so good. There's a lot at stake, so if one of your, your people that are on your team dies in the battle, they're done. You're never going to battle with them again. 
So it's like really hard too, because then you're just like, man, I just lost that person. I played 25 minutes. Do I want to restart the battle so I don't lose them? Or like, so there's a lot of stuff there. It's really good. Wow. Interesting. Dang. Check it out. $60 right now. What's it? Could say the name of it. Yeah, again? it's called Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, it's like uh, it's a role playing game. It's RPG. So if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, definitely give it a look, or at least look up some YouTube reviews. Uh, I think you really like it. Awesome. I saw some pictures on on your Instagram. Was it Fuel? Yeah, Dallas Fuel. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that. What I mean, yeah. I know it's, I'm guessing it's a team, right? Well, yeah. By the way, I think Aaron and I have played video games, but. Not like we've never, it. yeah. I don't think we've ever like old school stuff. We would put yeah. like Grand Theft Auto up here at the office, which we need to get. Like, a, <laughs> we just finally got an Apple TV, so oh, nice. we need to get a, some kind of gaming system up here. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dallas Fuel, really cool, by the way. So, da- so just I'll back up a little bit. So, Overwatch is is a game that um, came out by Blizzard a few years ago. It's really massive. Like, still, even though it came out, I think in like. I don't want to say like 2015, maybe 2014. Uh, it's still massive in terms of like the people that play it, people stream it. And um, the Overwatch League started a few years ago. I want to say two or three years ago uh, in response to all the people that were in it. It's like the over it's it's like the esports league of this game. Gotcha. And every city, not every, but a lot of cities have their own teams now. And Dallas just got their own team, um, you know, a year or two ago called Dallas Fuel. Hmm. And so Dallas uh, just had a big event here for the Overwatch League. Like they hosted the teams here, uh, I wanna say in like April this year, it was called the Homestand Weekend, so I went. Uh, and it was the most fun two days of my life. So I was wearing my Dallas Fuel swag, I was cheering, I lost my voice, and we were just yelling, uh, and Dallas Fuel got to play. By the way, just, F- just so you know, our, um, our nemesis, like our enemy team is the Houston Outlaws. They're like green, like they're gross. Uh, and so we were like, <laughs> them. like it was just insane. So uh, I, I heard that the Dallas event was so good. They're going to have at least three or four, or maybe like five more next year here in Dallas. Wow. And it was massive. Like people like it was packed. It was fun. It was a two day event. It was the most fun I've ever had. So uh, anyways, Dallas Fuel is your Overwatch League. Uh, Dallas team, you should cheer them on. You should definitely uh, watch them play online on Twitch or YouTube or wherever uh, you're comfortable watching it. Uh, and it's just fun to, to cheer on like a home team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I've only been exposed to that because of your story. So. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, There's and you know, look, uh, there's, other, there's other teams that are on the come up too for other uh, games, right? So there's a, like an NBA... 2k league or a 2k team for dallas that started called the mavs gg like they're they play 2k it's like a 2k uh serious like league uh so they're really good apparently i don't remember the record but they're like they're really good like one of the top teams um in the nation yeah so there's a few things like that with different games and and dallas feels like just the brand is really big right now and you're saying dallas feel is just an Overwatch league? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they only gotcha. play Overwatch. Um, that's all they do. They're they're like the Overwatch team for Dallas, and they're called the Dallas Fuel. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm guessing there's. I mean, other cities might have under the same. Yeah. Team, they might have other leagues like for other games, or does it? Do they have just completely different names for? Yeah. So like, yeah. So that's a good question. So like every game. So an example like Overwatch or, you know, NBA 2K, um, they all have different teams that are, are playing that game. So like Dallas Fuel is the the Overwatch League team for Dallas. Um, the Mavs, I think the GG uh, is the, the team for uh, the, the NBA 2K. And there's other, you know, games that are, there's different teams for. So that's kind of how they do it. Now, they might have like an operating team, like a, a team that is responsible for these different teams gotcha. under them. Um, that's like more hardcore stuff. I, I don't super get into the nitty-gritty. I'm just like Dallas Fuel, like I'm cheering them on. Right. from Houston. I hate you. Like that's how simple I keep it. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that stuff is just super interesting, and it's literally yeah. blowing up like Huge. crazy. I mean, yeah. you saw the Fortnite stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Bugga three million dollar yeah. win. Like he's, he's sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's cool. Insane. Uh, yeah, and it's only gonna get bigger. Like, uh-huh. like this was the beginning. This was the the proof of concept. Like, we're gonna do something outrageous. And by and you know, obviously, only everyone's only talking about Bugga with the three million. Even third place got eight hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah. So you know, there's people winning real money. And so this was a proof of concept. And the fact that it's hit so hard, and even people, you know, like you guys who aren't into Fortnite, maybe, but you definitely knew about the news. Yeah. Says a lot. And so I think that you're gonna see a lot bigger prize pools, bigger tournaments happening. Uh, you know, soon, like there's, uh, there's a lot of teams I'm following, like in Atlanta and LA, they're doing some really cool stuff right now with, with connecting the communities together. There's a team, there's a company, Atlanta, it's an esports company. I forgot the name, but what they're doing is they're working with like, um, kids that are, you know, from like tougher neighborhoods and bringing them together at least weekly or every few days to play video games in this one spot in Atlanta and just meet people and like like-minded people and like meet people they can aspire to be like and hang out with so it's just really cool that like esports is bringing people together that normally you wouldn't see right yeah Yeah. and you also see like you know when you really start to take off when bigger brands start saying hey we want to sponsor you or hey we want to advertise here or we want to do this um i think taco bell has actually done a few sponsorships for for esports stuff and they're like hey let's let's test the market let's see how it's going here and you know that says a lot too when you see bigger companies or bigger brands saying let's allocate you know our a small budget or whatever over to that yeah can i say something on that my uh, obviously my favorite brands on on, you know instagram or bit branding and the game that's obvious (laughs) but i just want to say real quick on that note uh arby's like the restaurant Uh their social media game is next level like if you're listening right now please on your phone go look up arby's on instagram they are like my favorite place to like I I don't there's very few accounts that I wake up I'm like let me go check up on that account normally it's on my feed mm-hmm. I go out of my way to look up Arby's because in the last I want to say like a year and a half two years you know what they've done with their marketing yeah you're looking at it right now Aaron. Yeah, they, right. what like, they've done with their marketing is they've changed it all to be um, for gamers so they're only making gaming references they're like decorating our favorite gaming characters with ketchup and posting photos and they're like doing like funny like things with gaming it's all gaming influences and so wow. I don't, genius for them ge- like amazing and by and there's so many people like me that could not care less for the restaurant until this started happening right dude i ate at arby's the other day that's <laughs> right. not something i'm proud of saying out loud two years ago but i was now, gonna say i hate arby's dude, but now it's i mean not, not hate not but like i lost a few years of my life but <laughs> man it was worth it because i'm like i have to support these guys because they're i can't imagine the the amount of buy-in it took to get them to where they are, which is like all gaming references now. Like if you seriously go on Instagram, it's all gaming stuff. I was going to say, I just looked. It's, it's all, right? Like you saw it. Who, it so it's whoever that senior leadership in the marketing, yes. it was like, like, all right, we're going to take a uh, take a chance yeah. here and go, you know, usually For so sure, many people yeah. go close to the belt, so close to they the belt. They went all in. They yeah. went deep. Like, like Jack in the Box and a few other companies have like tried to touch it now, I think seeing the success of Arby's, but there's no one that's even come close to where they are in that restaurant space and they're dominating and there's so many people that are in my community like that play games and stuff and i'm just like a casual gamer i'm not super into it but there's so many people like me that again don't care for arby's but now we're gonna go check it out once every while once in a while because they're like they're they're repping us they're like supporting us and they're putting out so many creative things like they're decorating stuff with ketchup and their instagram stories are so good they're doing like scavenger humps hunts and escape rooms where you as a user will like click what to do in the escape room and how to find the clue like they're doing really cool stuff so check them out yeah that's awesome 
<laughs> the only other people, crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> the only other people that I know that like, and that's not Instagram, yeah. was uh, Twitter. And I loved watching Wendy's for the longest oh, time, just talk crap savage. and <laughs> just being savage. Like, who the heck is behind <laughs> this right now saying like... they um, The Wendy's, it's so funny. They're, they're savage. And the Wendy's team did an AMA on Reddit, the um, not recently, it was a while ago. And that was fun to see like the minds behind it. Because, you know, like just like I'm, I'm sure as you do, like when you're reading, you're like, how did they get a sign off on this? Because they're like roasting mcdonald's uh-huh. they're like calling out burger king like they're going hard and so it was really cool to read that ama uh i, I think you guys should check it out if, if anyone's listening because it's really fascinating to see like how it came about yeah yeah that's super interesting all right um our, that's really almost everything we have here do you have cool. anything you want to say before this is something you can listen to after you've already been to new york so anything last parting uh comments there zane no, I'm just super excited um, for this opportunity. Really grateful that, um, you know, Gary took a shot, just kind of took a chance with some random guy with a coffee stain and a tight hoodie. Um, and just really excited to, to see what happens. I'm, I'm open minded and, and just, yeah, just very excited to, to kind of see what this opportunity is going to be like. And, and just in my conversations with the team, the stuff I'm already working on, uh, I have a really good feeling about it. Awesome. Super excited for you and to see this in the future, too. Thanks, man. For sure. All right, so if this is your guys' first time listening, like I said in the beginning, this is a very different, very special episode. Normally, we'll be back next week with a uh, usually tips or tactics that's going on in social media. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure that you hit that. Have, make sure you have those notifications on so that you know when our latest episode comes out. This is timely information about social media, so you can get ahead of everyone else. And if you liked this. Uh, specific interview or you like our podcast please go over to itunes and leave an honest rating and review it's what allows us to reach more people and we just like to leave the or like to see the reviews so if you leave a comment on there on the reviews we'll also shout you out on the podcast all right guys we'll talk to you next week bye the marketing natives podcast is a production of bit branding